Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. That's based with Caleb Salvador is a comedic informative production, meaning it covers serious topics in a humorous manner. Some of the opinions expressed are satirical hyperbole. Some are not. Some of the content may not be suitable for all listeners. If you're easily offended, tune out now. We don't want pussy bleeding little bitches consuming our content. I have dementia and pooped my pants while visiting the Pope. Welcome to this week's episode of the That's Based Midweek Check-In, reporting from somewhere underground. I am your host, as always, Caleb Salvatore. We're laughing our way through the end of days, and we're brought to you by Outlaw Streamers. Head on over to www.outlawstreamers.com to learn more. Mia, the red face of white supremacy, is here with us. She's not usually on the midweek episodes, but she thought she'd drop by and uh, grace us with her presence, which she did, and we're very appreciative of that. Uh, the, well, you might notice, if you're watching on Rumble, if you're not, you're gay. But if you're if you're watching it, if you're following along on Rumble, you'll probably notice this is a video episode, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" Well, I figured we have this massive setup. There is literally no reason that I don't record this as video when all it takes is ten seconds, if that, for me to flip the camera on and record the exact same thing I would record otherwise. So we're gonna start doing video on the midweek check-ins until I say uh, until I say not to. Now, if we're on the road or we're out of town or whatever, that might be a little bit of a different scenario, and I just want to record something real quick. We might go back to it for that. But until further notice, we're gonna do these on video because there's no reason not to. Uh, we have got a lot to get into on this show. Before we do, remember, we have got the unsolicited advice segment drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. The midweek check-in, that's this one, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time every Wednesday. And then the big show every Saturday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. This upcoming Saturday, we will have a comedian from Kansas, Spencer Gordman, back on. You guys remember the little Jewish kid. He's going to be back. Uh, he was a fan favorite last time we had him on the show, so I'm really excited to get him back on here. But before we get into the topics this week, I we have got a lot to get into. So I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors over at Blood of Tyrants. If you head on over to www.drinkbloodoftyrants.com, use the promo code BASED at the checkout, like the title of the show, that's B-A-S-E-D. It's going to save you 10% off your order on either their Red Merlot wine or their zero calorie, zero sugar, zero carb, all natural ingredient, liquid freedom, raspberry tea, energy drink, all the positive side effects of coffee and energy drinks, but none of the negative shit. Again, that's www.drinkbloodoftyrants.com, promo code BASED, B-A-S-E-D, like the title of the show at your checkout. It's going to save you 10%. All right, we got a lot to get into, but I'm going to rant first before we do any of that, because I got something that's been bothering me. And uh, as you all know, I go to the gym quite a bit. I go to the gym a lot. And I'm not jacked. I'm far from Mr. America. I just want to have a respectable appearance and, you know, not die in my 60s. So I go to the gym. I try to eat healthy. It doesn't happen all the time. But there is a plague that bestows the gym annually, every year, this time of year. And it's called the Resolutioners. These people are a cancer. And I want, I want to make this clear. If you want, I have no problem with someone who wants to get in shape and is trying to better themselves. It's not my issue that they're there. My issue is their behavior when they are there. They act like fucking wild animals. This is like, do you know how, Mia, do you know how, like, the, you'll hear those stories every now and then about the kid that runs away and gets raised by wolves? <laughs> this is like if yeah. they tried to, instead of trying to reintegrate that kid into society, they just dropped him in a public school. Now imagine they dropped 40 of them in a school, and that's what it's like to share the gym with the resolutioners. I don't care that you want to lose weight. I'm, I'm happy for you. That's not my issue. My issue is the fact that you go in there, you don't wipe the equipment down. 
You, if you even bother to re-rack the weights, you put them in the wrong place. And then they'll sit there and they'll hog the bench for like 20 minutes while they do a set of 12, text or scroll through Facebook for 10, do another set of 10, text or scroll through Facebook for 10, and then the cycle just repeats itself. And then when they're done, they'll sit there and continue to text. Get off the phone. Get a, Stay at home if you're going to play on your phone. That's not why we're here. That's not what I'm, I'm just so sick and tired of the new year's resolutioners again, by all means, get healthy, get in better shape. I'm, I'm, I support it. I'm all for it. I think this world would be better off if more people were more healthy, but I watched this woman on the chest fly machine the other day. I was waiting for her to get off of it. And of course she's on her phone, you know, probably looking at recipes for foods that are going to keep her as fat as she is, um, scrolling through between every set. And she finally gets up. And uh, this woman is built like an offensive lineman on a, a, a bad D2 high school team. So not even like an athletic fat, just sad fat. And good for her for being at the gym trying to lose weight. But she gets up off the machine and just leaves a trail of sweat on both the back and the seat. So, I mean, it's just obesity slime and, and chicken grease oozing out of her from both ends on the back and the seat and then doesn't even bother to get up and wipe it up doesn't bother to come back and clean it and i'll tell you what honestly at that point it wouldn't have mattered after seeing that you could have an entire team of hazmat scientists come in and clean that and deep clean that thing to the bone and there's no way in hell i was sitting on it after seeing that i will probably never use that machine again i was i again do what you want. Get in better shape. I'm all for it. But have a little bit of etiquette. The internet is there. The internet's there. And now because you've refused to use the resources that are available to you to Google or YouTube or Twitter or whatever the hell apps you're on to look up gym etiquette before you bother to go, I have to come on here and be a dick to you about it. So that's how we're going to do this. And my problem isn't even with New Year's resolutioners specifically at the gym. My issue is with the entire concept of a New Year's resolution. Do you want to know why so many New Year's resolutions fail? It's not because the goals are lofty or impossible to achieve. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's because there is an inherent flaw with the people who are setting them. You can't tell me that you woke up on December 31st and said, oh my God, I'm doing X, Y, and Z wrong. I need to fix it. And we're going to start doing that going into the new year. No, chances are you identified what your problem was several months ago, probably before that. So if you identified that you had a problem, whatever your resolution is, maybe you wanted to eat healthier, go to the gym more, um, quit smoking, whatever it was. If you said, hey, in October, the day before Halloween, let's say, you said, hey, I need to quit smoking. This is bad for me. It's going to cause heart disease, lung cancer, all this. I, I don't need this. This is horrible for me. It's, I'm wasting my money. I need to stop doing this. Why didn't you stop doing it October 30th? Why did you give it another two months to quit smoking? You are the reason your New Year's resolutions fail. Not the resolutions themselves. Lots of people have gotten into better shape. Lots of people have quit smoking, have quit drinking, have started eating healthier, and stuck to it. It's nothing to do with the goal itself. They're actually very easy. It's you as a person having absolutely no self-control. Because you see, you see problems, and you don't immediately identify them. You put off solving them for another two, three, four, five months. Odds are, you probably knew this behavior was unhealthy years ago and you continued to go ahead and do it anyway because you're a fat piece of shit am i being too harsh on him do you think i'm being too harsh mia i don't know okay <laughs> no i guess not no that's all i'm saying is why would you wait even if you figured it out like uh let's say december 20th you're like you know what would be a good new year's resolution is for me to get in the gym me to get that's what i want to do i want to work out twice a week start going twice a week on december 20th why are you waiting the 12 days until New Year's? Why are you giving yourself that buffer period where you basically have like the, the, the death row inmates equivalent of a last meal where you just get to be a lazy piece of shit who drinks and smokes and eats like crap for 11 more days? Start doing it now. You figured out that this is a problem. That's step one, admitting that you have an issue. Step two is actually getting into action. Stop doing what you're doing when you notice it's a problem. Don't wait until New Year's. Because I'm telling you, Right now, the fact that you put things off 
and you don't have the discipline to stop doing or at least make an attempt to stop doing bad things when you identify that they're a bad thing is the sole reason why your New Year's resolutions never succeed. It's a you problem, not the goal. It's not the New Year's resolution curse. It's you. You suck. That's all it is. All right. Oh, God. Ah! It's been driving me crazy these last couple days. It's been thinking of anyway. All right. Wow. Let's get. <laughs> we all okay now? <laughs> feel a lot better. I'm not going to lie. I feel a lot better after that. <laughs> I do. It's, it's just, they come from nowhere when you're at the gym. You're waiting on a machine or a bench or a weight or whatever, and they just come out of nowhere and intercept it even though they see you. They, seriously, it's like if they let the orcs from Lord of the Rings into the Shire where the hobbits lived. Resolutioners are not peaceful people. They ha There's no room for them in civilized society. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Let's get into this. So we had our January 6th celebration last week and uh, with, with Jacob Wilson on Hilarious Guy. Great episode. If you haven't watched it yet, go check it out. It was a great, year, great way to start the year off. We had our uh, January 6th episode last week. And what I've noticed is a lot of Democrats have been overusing the word democracy. And they've been doing that since January 6th. 2021 right so i've been wondering why are they what's the obsession with the word democracy why do they continue to use the, the word the, the word democracy to describe the u.s when that is so clearly not what this country is we are not a democracy we are a representative republic i'll pull up the differences right now there's literally a democracy does not describe the united states I'll pull it up here once I can get my, my keyboard to start working. For fuck's sake. We're irritable today. All right. Democracy versus republic. Okay, this first one's a democracy. Let me read it off. And Mia's been studying in her civics book, so she'll know this stuff too. Uh, a democracy, the community of people are considered to hold power over how they are governed. Kings and tyrants are seen as threats to the innate rights of the people, sure. As such, all, equal, all eligible citizens get equal say in decisions. So every single thing in a democracy is voted on. You say, hey, are we going to build a roundabout and replace the stop signs? Or replace the stoplights on whatever street? That doesn't get voted on by city council. The people go and they vote on each individual issue like that. That's very, very inefficient. That's not the United States. This is a constitutional republic. Republics are in opposition to rulership by a single person. So the same thing as democracy, opposition to kings and tyrants. All eligible citizens get equal say in decisions through elected representatives, which is what we have in this country. Unalienable rights of individuals are protected by law to safeguard against a majority abuse, or excuse me, against a majority abusing the minority by a constitution. So we have a document called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which protects your rights in case someday... A whole bunch of retards take over and say, hey, uh, we don't want offensive speech anymore. You can't tell co you, a, a comedian can't get on stage and tell jokes that we don't like to hear. If they do, we're going to fine them. If they don't pay the fine, we're going to throw them in jail. Like you see in Canada and England and pretty much all over Europe. So, so they put a, a document in place that said, hey, even if 52% of the country believes that you shouldn't be able to tell offensive jokes, the other 48% of the country can still do that. Right? Because democracy is quite literally two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. We have a representative republic so that people like me don't get trampled on by idiots. Because let's be real, the majority of the population is just not that smart. Not our listeners, of course. You're, you're, you're smart if you're listening to this show. You're at least aware. You are. You're at least aware. You're making an effort to know what's going on in the world. You're not just getting your news from CNN and, and MSNBC and Fox. You're, you, you've expanded your horizons. To bigger and better things, right? So, why do they keep calling our country a democracy? It, it's They've even gone as far, and let me find, this is from um, Jeanne Shaheen. She is a senator from the great state of New Hampshire. Uh, Democrat, of course. She tweeted, and I'll read the quote to you. She tweeted a quote here. Oh, she's deleted it. What an idiot. Oh, she, of course she deleted it because she got called out and absolutely drugged through the mud. 
I got to find it here. Now, now this is what these idiots are doing because they can't stand by the things they say. Okay. She said, and I quote, a democracy, if you can keep it, end quote, said Ben Franklin. January 6, 2021 was a stark reminder of just how fragile our democracy is. It is on each and every one of us to never forget the actions that led to the day so we ensure history does not repeat itself. Now, that's not the quote from Ben Franklin. The, requote, the quote from Ben Franklin is, a republic, if you can keep it. So why change the words? Why do they continue to bastardize and misrepresent what this form of government is? Why? What's the point? Why do they keep doing it? Why would they change the wording of a quote to say democracy instead of republic? If you Google, this is an objective fact. You learn this in like fourth grade history or civics class, excuse me. The United States is not a democracy. We are a constitutional representative republic. That's what we are. We don't all get together and vote on everything. There are some issues we do, sure. But for the most part, we elect people to vote for us. That is by definition a republic. Yet if you Google, is the United States a democracy or a republic, you get mixed results. You get supposed respectable people from the media that sit there and go well i mean technically we're both no we're literally not they're two different things we're one not the other why do we have to mix everything this is they they mix everything democracy and republic male and female everything has winners and losers everything has to be mixed no some things are objective a man is a man a woman is a woman the united states is not a democracy we are a republic why, why do we have to conflate these two things? They're not the same thing. It's okay. Why, so why would they focus, they fixate on the word democracy when they talk about how Trump and his supporters and everyone on the right is this massive threat to democracy? Why do they fixate on these words? And really the only thing that it can bring me back to, the, I've, I've looked into this extensively, I've sat down and thought about it. The only thing that consistently comes to mind that I can't rule out is it's just part of their gaslighting. That's all they do. Because that's what abusers do. Is they will gaslight you on little things like that. Just to make you seem stupid and to confuse you. And to, to beat you down to make you feel like an idiot. That's the only thing I can think of here. Is that it's gaslighting. Well technically it could be either one. No. We're a republic. We are not a democracy. That is objectively false to claim that the United States is a democracy. And I feel like the only reason they're doing this is just to gaslight people, to manipulate them, and to confuse them. Because the more head games they can play with you, the easier it is to get you on board with their agenda. Are you going to read your civics book on the air here? I'm going to see if it says anything in there. What year is that textbook from? That'll probably tell you. 2020. 50-50. I don't know. But that's all we got. Uh, but that's yeah, that, that's all I got on that topic. I, it's just it's such a weird thing for them to do. But that's exactly what abusers do in like personal relationships is they will. What's it say? There's a page on it on democracy or republic is the United States a democracy. It's not. But that's what abusers do is they manipulate and just just to make you feel like you're crazy or you're stupid and that they're better than you and to make you second guess basic truths you've been taught since you were a kid basic truths like america being a republic basic truths like men being men and women being women that, that's all there is to it they make you question basic truths to infiltrate your mind but you go to outlaw streamers and you won't get your mind infiltrated here for, for the record that textbook from 2020 i put zero stock in what that says because anything made in the last 15 years has a direct agenda it says, in a loose understanding of the term, the United States is a democracy because people can vote. Yeah, in a loose understanding, yes. But we, we, what do we vote for? Susan Lawrence, author of the book, what do we vote for? It's, that well, it says, however, the will of the majority is checked by other features and does not always prevail. When the Constitution was ratified, the United States ceased to be a confederation of the states and became a federal republic. Yes, so we are a republic. So it's doublespeak. So it's doublespeak. So again, it's just to confuse people. Well, technically, we are a democracy. No. We vote for what? A democracy is where people vote for everything that's run in their daily lives. A republic is where they vote for representatives who vote for the things that affect their daily lives. Various bills, tax cuts or increases, gun control, abortion, things like that. 
That's what we vote for. We vote for representatives to vote on those things. All right. So yeah, I was like I said, that's a textbook that was made before 2008. I don't put much stock in it because that's right around the time the um, education system was totally taken, total hostile takeover by the psychopaths and Marxist activists we see today. So, I mean, it's I, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they're we, we can go get a biology textbook and they do that. That's exactly what these books do is they'll they take what was once a basic truth that used to be just an objective black and white thing and try to add a bunch of gray to it when it wasn't. Like, if you grab a biology textbook now, instead of saying, yeah, there's two genders, male and female, they have all this, they'll say, well, technically there's two genders loosely, but, and then they'll add 17 more lines that they don't need to just confuse people and manipulate them and, and, and make them feel stupid and crazy. And that, that's exactly what the point of it is. It's just, it, it's not to actually get you on board with these idiotic ideals. It's just to confuse you and waste your time and make you feel stupid and go, you know what? I'm an idiot. Daddy government run everything. I don't, uh, and big corporations come in and take everything over. I don't know what's best for me. I'm too stupid to figure out basic civics and basic biology. So why even bother? That's the goal is to just wear you down. Okay. All right. It's a ranty show already. This is, are you, are you regretting hopping on this show? Are already? Yeah. Yeah. I see. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this next one. Uh, Donald Trump is in trouble. I know. Wh what are the odds? Donald Trump has some controversy attached to him. So the Democrats, uh, the Democratic House Committee has released a, the results of an investigation into Trump here. And I'll, let me pull it up on Twitter so I can find the, uh, the exact figures here. So Donald Trump allegedly received millions of dollars from foreign governments as president. That's what the House Democrat report says. He took in at least $7.8 million from foreign entities while in office. Now, remind you, this is coming after the Bob Menendez uh, scandal, the, the Democratic senator from New Jersey who was taking gold bars from the Egyptian government. Mind you, he's still there while George Santos is in trouble for Botox. He's gone for Botox and OnlyFans. This guy took gold bars from a foreign government that doesn't exactly have great relations with the United States. And he's still there. But God forbid Santos does anything, right? I, I think it's discrimination against gay people, personally. I think it's homophobic that the House removed George Santos. You are gay. When they've let so much just rampant crime and corruption carry on for so long. That's my opinion. But nonetheless, so they're saying Trump received $7.8 million from foreign entities while in office. Now, it says engaging in the kind of, of conduct the GOP is grasping to pin on President Biden because, you know, there's the accusations about Biden receiving money from foreign companies and governments through his son that's laundered through his son's business, which probably happening, probably happening. Now, if Trump did receive $7.8 million in bribes, that would be a problem. The issue is these are payments being made to his hotels from foreign governments. So I'm going to make this clear. If he was getting bribes, then yeah, arrest him. He's as crooked as the rest of them. But here's the reality. These are hotels. These are foreign governments paying hotels that he technically didn't even own while he was president because he couldn't. Foreign officials traveling to the United States did not start under the Trump or the Trump administration. Now, I would need to see before I made any time because I'm not going to make I'm not going to give a, a take on this. I'm just going to lay out the facts. I would need to see documents that compared the year-by-year -year payments from foreign officials to Trump's hotels before I made any type of judgment. Because if they paid him $7.8 million while he was president, but over the four years prior to that, they paid him $7.6, that's really not a big increase, especially when you consider inflation. So it's just foreign officials coming to stay in his hotels. That's not corruption. That's not like he's getting checks paid to his kids who then pay him back for a quote-unquote loan that he never gave them that's not the same thing good thing that was empty starbucks latte six dollars for bullshit um not the same thing but they conveniently leave that out You'd think if you were going... No, it's not that you'd think. This is how this works. If you were going to investigate corruption and you said, hey, I think that foreign nationals were bribing the president, which is a hell of an accusation, were bribing the president and paying him 
um, or excuse me, and laundering the money through his hotels so it looked like they were conducting legitimate business, you what you would then need to do is compare the amount of money that Trump hotels got from foreign entities while he was president to how much money they received from foreign government officials when he wasn't. Because if that number doesn't change or if it's an insignificant change or if it's nothing when you account for inflation, or if it actually declined, then you have nothing here. But they conveniently leave that out of the case. Their entire investigation, they didn't even bother to look into that. So that tells me this is bullshit until I see otherwise. Okay. Okay. Next up. Oh, one more thing on the Trump thing. Whether he's guilty of this or not, is anyone else that's that's right of center like myself getting a little fatigued on this guy? I think we need to start asking ourselves, is he worth the baggage that he comes with? I'm going to give you an example. It's not as big of a scale, but it's similar. I remember the controversy about Colin Kaepernick when he was taking a knee during the national anthem and everyone was saying the NFL colluded against him because nobody signed him. No, that's not true. That's not true. Teams will take on the media circus, businesses, whatever, will take on the media circus and the baggage if your play and performance on the field outweighs the negative. You've had guys like Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on that have gotten NFL jobs consistently, and, and people like that in every sport, in every industry, et cetera, et cetera, consistently get work because their performance on the field outweighs the baggage, even though they've got some issues, their performance on the field outweighs the baggage that they had off of it. And teams are like, you know what, we're willing to take that chance. Nobody colluded against Kaepernick. He just wasn't good enough to outweigh the baggage that came with it. That's all there was to it. So we have to start asking ourselves, does Donald Trump outweigh the baggage that he comes with, with the negative connotations? Did, he, did we have a great economy under Trump? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Was the world a safer place under Donald Trump than it is right now? Absolutely. We've never been closer to World War III and economic collapse than we are under Biden. Those are two major things to screw up. But the question here is how much of a drop-off is there in those two categories, from Donald Trump to somebody like Ron DeSantis to somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy to somebody like Glenn Youngkin from Virginia, how much of a drop-off is there in economic output and international global politics and world safety? I don't think there's going to be that big of a drop-off with either of those two guys. I think they're going to be pretty similar policy-wise to Donald Trump. Now, let's think, let's think of the negative with Trump. And I know a bunch of you are tuning out now or throwing your phones at the wall or screaming, Hear me out, because you can't deny this stuff. Donald Trump went in with the intent to drain the swamp and then surrounded himself with the figurative swamp. I mean, James Comey, Jeff Sessions, we could go on and on, Nikki Haley. We could go on and on and on and on about the bad people this guy surrounded himself with. Now, is there a chance that he learned in his first four years and he's going to go in with the next four years and go, okay, now I know who I can't trust? Absolutely there is. Not only did he surround himself with people like that, he surrounded himself with Anthony Fauci. He gave Dr. Fauci, the dog killer, Michael, Dr. Fauci Vic, he gave him the keys to the car during the COVID shit and basically just let him drive us off a cliff. Dot, the COVID lockdowns in 2020 happened because Donald Trump allowed them to. All of the insanity that you saw with COVID in 2020 happened because Donald Trump stood idly by and let it happen. You ever see the movie Boondock Saints? Mia, have you ever seen that movie? No. The movie Boondock Saints is about two brothers, Daryl from The Walking Dead's in it. Uh, it's about two brothers that go on and they, they kill a bunch of mobsters in the name of the Catholic Church. And there's one scene in that movie that sticks out to me every single time because it's at the very beginning. There's a priest talking and he says we must, he, he tells a story about a woman who got beat beat to death and raped in public while 30 people stood by and watched and he says we must all fear evil men but the thing we must fear more than evil men is the indifference of good men the people that stand idly by and allow the bad people to do whatever they want and have their way with the innocents donald trump wasn't the one threatening to destroy people's livelihoods 
and trying to mandate vaccines for kids to go to school and crazy shit like that. He wasn't doing that. Donald Trump, on, however, stood idly by while blue state governors and unelected bureaucrats at the National Institute of Health gang raped this country. He stood by and let them do that. So he was the indifferent, uh, I don't know if I'd call him a good man, but he was the indifferent person in this situation. I mean, let's, how many times can you cheat on your wife if I'm going to keep calling you a good guy? Let's, let's be real. They got, you can like him as a president. His policies were pretty good, but morally he was shit. Donald Trump, but nonetheless, Donald Trump stood by and let these people destroy this country. The problems you see today are not because Donald Trump enacted them policy-wise. They're not because of things Donald Trump did. They're because of things that he let happen. So Dr. Fauci, Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, um, Andrew Cuomo, those are the bad men. Donald Trump was the indifferent man who stood there and let these people have their way with us as a country. So, yes, it's easy to be mad at Biden and the Democrats and Fauci and blue state governors. And, yeah, I understand. You should be mad at them. They're scum. Big Pharma. Absolutely. Fuck all of them. But Trump shares a little bit of the blame here. So that's what I when I want to round it back here. That's what I'm asking. Does all the good stuff Donald Trump accomplished while he was in office outweigh the bad? Does it outweigh that? And then when you add the baggage he comes with from the media, did his performance on the field warrant us signing him to a contract and risking all of the negative press and risking losing because so many people are fed up with him and fatigued? Because that's the risk we're running right now. I cannot think of something that's much more dangerous than a lame duck Joe Biden. Four more years of Joe Biden not having to worry about getting reelected. I don't know what's more dangerous than that. Your kids will be shipped off to World War III. Will be shipped off to World War III. We will see an economic collapse and a depression if Joe Biden gets reelected. We will see it. There's no doubt about it. Now, he'll sit there while the unemployment rate's at like 72% and Russia just dropped 17 nukes in Europe and he'll stand there and say, the, the, the state of the world's never been greater. We've never been better than we are right now. And he'll, st he'll stand there and say that, but it won't make it true. We don't, don't believe your lying eyes, right? So we have to ask ourselves, is the baggage worth it? Can the, can the good, can people, I mean, yes, everything sucks under Biden right now. And people are, you know, kind of with a rosy retrospective looking back on Trump. And they're like, yeah, you know, could really use that Trump guy, you know, could go for a dollar fifty gallon of gas and inflation below 3%. Yeah, absolutely. People are looking back on it thinking that way. But when the chips are on the table, how many of those people are actually going to vote for him? How much of the good can outweigh the baggage? Can we get this guy elected or do we need to start looking elsewhere? I'm not saying Christie or Haley, God no. But somebody like a DeSantis, somebody like a Vivek that hasn't had, I mean, let's face it, Donald Trump has had his life torn open more than any other human in the history of this planet, including Jesus Christ. No one has had their life looked into and every single element of it looked into and picked apart and tried to spin in a negative direction like Donald Trump has had. No one that's ever walked this earth has had that kind of negative press on them. Some of it warranted, most of it not. But we got to start asking. It's just like, I keep going back to sports here, but then we're all jocks, right? We're all guys. We're not all guys, but we're all jocks here. You got a running back that's carried the ball 35 times in a game. You know, maybe you should take him out and let the backup get a few more reps because that guy's banged up. He's going to fumble. Or you're going down the stretch of the season. You want to have a backup. You want to have a number two, sometimes even a number three, because the starter gets so banged up in your 17-game schedule that you got to find somebody else that, that can pop in in an emergency. Because the starter comes in, he's moving slow, he's fumbling the ball, getting blown up in the backfield. Sometimes you got to have that backup. You Not sometimes, all the time. you got to have that backup that can come in and get the job done in a similar fashion. That's all I got. All right. Uh, next up. Next up, the NRA president. The president of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, has retired. And the left is celebrating him. They're celebrating the retirement, so, uh, acting like it's some type of victory. And it is a victory, but it's a victory for the pro-gun crowd. Because as much as I despise the NRA, because they sell out constantly, NRA stands for negotiating rights away, as much as I despise the NRA, there's more money than in, still in that organization than any other pro-gun rights organization in the world. It, it, it is what it is. 
it's a necessary evil if we're going to be pro-Second Amendment. So as much as I can't stand them, we need a strong NRA right now. That, that's just what it is. And if the NRA were to go under, then that money would go somewhere else because it's made up of people don't. They're not printing money. So if the NRA were to, were to file for bankruptcy and collapse, it would go to GOA, it would go to Firearms, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition, lots of different places. With that said, Wayne LaPierre was the worst thing that's ever happened to the NRA, and it will be objectively better with anyone else as the president. Maybe I'll run for president of the NRA. It would be objectively better with anyone else as the president. I mean, Wayne LaPierre, they were constantly getting sued, constantly getting sued by their members because they were spending donation money on luxury cars, vacations, bar like nights out at the bar, just ridiculous shit like that. Wayne LaPierre was a big problem there with the financial aspect of it. Wayne LaPierre is also the godfather of a lot of the gun control we see in this country. The uh, the Gun-Free Schools Act, the NRA co-signed that. So every time there's a school shooting and we bitch about how we don't allow teachers to defend themselves, the NRA is responsible for that. The NRA put helped put that into place. They quote-unquote compromised with Democrats. Compromising is hilarious when you're talking about Democrats. There's no compromising with them. There's absolutely no compromising with Democrats. They always say they want to compromise. They, again, that's what they do is they change definitions. They don't know what compromise means. Compromise means both of us get something. So if Mia and I are looking for a place to go out to dinner and, you know, for the one, one time in her life, she's actually found where she wants to eat and she wants Italian and I want Mexican and she goes, let's compromise and we go get Italian. We didn't compromise. We just did what she wanted. If you say, hey, you're a gun owner, you need to compromise. Uh, we're like, okay, well, what's the offer? And the Democrats go, well, we're going to ban assault weapons and you get nothing in return. That's not a compromise. You're just getting what you want. And that's what Wayne LaPierre set that precedent as the president of the NRA for decades. The NRA as a whole set that precedent for decades that, quote, unquote, that we were willing to, quote, unquote, compromise and get nothing in return. No, a compromise would be, hey, we're going to pass. And I'm not saying I would support this, but this would be a compromise. It would be, hey, we're going to pass universal background checks on private sales. But in return, you no longer have to get a, uh, an ATF tax stamp on suppressors. That would be a compromise. This isn't a, none of the stuff that Wayne LaPierre and the NRA signed off on over the last several decades was a compromise. It was them selling us out. So Wayne, if you're anti-gun and you're listening to this show, which is probably not a lot of you, but you don't like guns, hear me here. Wayne LaPierre was your best friend. He was the best thing that happened to your movement. Now that he's gone, there's going to be a little bit of a power vacuum and Someone who is more of a hardline Second Amendment supporter is going to emerge as the president. That's my prediction. And they may not write all the financial issues, but they're going to write the ship um, philosophically on, the, the, uh, on how we feel about gun control in this country. And that's the last thing you guys want is a strong, hardlined NRA. That will be, that will be the end of the gun control debate in this country. It's still somewhat raging on right now. That will be the end of it because you will a focused hardline NRA that's more in touch with groups like Gun Owners of America, like uh, the National Association for Gun Rights. I don't like that one because the the acronym is NAGR and it looks too much like something else, and that could be easily spun. But whatever. Uh, it's Firearms Policy Coalition, which I'm a member of. If we could get an NRA that was anywhere near as hardline purist on the Second Amendment as any of those groups I just mentioned, it's over for the anti-gun lobby. You are done. You have never been more done. The debate is ended right there. That will be so much money and so much ideological consistency coming through that you won't be able to stop it. And it'll be done. We'll be done having this stupid debate Every time a, a transgender kid walks into a school in Iowa uh, because he, she, they, them, it got bullied on TikTok and, sh and kills a sixth grader with a shotgun, even though they're 17 years old and can't legally buy one, we'll be done having the assault weapons debate. It'll be over. The debate will now be, hey, anti-gun lobby, let's compromise. We're going to make it so teachers can carry in schools if they want to, and you get nothing in return. And we're going to start bullying you guys around. And we're going to do that for the next three decades and see how you like it. 
because we've had enough. It's time to play hardball. The pussies are getting out of the the pussies are getting out of the room. We're strengthening up on the Second Amendment, and I love it. For too long, the gun lobby in this country, no pun intended, has brought a knife to a gunfight. Well, now we're bringing the big guns, and we're gonna push you the fuck out of the way because this joke is gone. Yeah, that was the. Uh, did you hear about the Iowa school shooting, Mia? No, I didn't. The Iowa school shooting. You had. Um, they, of course, stopped talking about it. There was a high school student in Perry, Iowa, that went in and shot a sixth grader because he got bullied. The, the 17-year-old got bullied. Now, if, listen, if you're a 17-year-old getting bullied by sixth graders, I mean, you should probably just turn that gun on yourself. I'm kidding. Jokes. No, I don't want to encourage. Yeah, no, there's probably. No, don't kill yourselves. This is a satire show. But no, I mean, if you're a 17-year-old getting bullied by 6th graders, that's pretty pathetic. But no, I guess it was like his sister was getting bullied, and he got bullied before that. And it, it was just a whole thing. I don't even know what was going on with it. But there was all kinds of stuff about transgenderism littered all over his social media. So I'm assuming small-town Iowa transgender probably getting picked on a little bit. Well, this kid brought a shotgun in and shot six people, killed one of them. And, of course, the gun lobby jumped out, freaking out. This is why we need an assault weapons ban. Well, first off, a, a pump-action shotgun is not an assault weapon. Quote-unquote assault. Assault weapons don't exist. But a pump-action shotgun would not be controlled under the, the legislation they're currently pursuing. Give them a couple years. Once they get their assault weapons ban, they'll come for shotguns and pistols next. But right now, that's not what they're trying to ban. So, number one, that wouldn't have done anything to stop it, even if the laws actually worked. Number two, it was a 17-year-old kid. It's illegal for 17-year-olds to purchase firearms. So, again, your gun control failed there. I mean, really, the debate should be over. We've done this gun control. The cat's out of the bag. There's, like, close to 500 million firearms in this country right now. They ain't going nowhere. They're done. We have 500 million guns and a border that we can't figure out how to stop anything coming across. The debate's over, man. The guns are there. You can embrace that or you can die an idealist victim. It's entirely up to you at this point. And the reality is, it's time that we start protecting our schools. We've tried your way. We've tried the sign and nurturing the mass shooters. We've tried that. We've tried the sign outside of the building that said, hey, don't you dare bring a gun in here or else. Or else what? I don't know, but don't, don't do it. Don't, you know what else they have signs at the schools that say, Mia? At the public schools? Yeah, they can't hear you. you know, no, I've never been to a public oh, school, yeah, right. so I don't know. Well, I'll give you... So we have the, the gun... So I went to Millard South for high school in Omaha. And we had the gun-free zone signs, which obviously that did a lot of good there. Yeah. Uh, we had the gun-free zone signs. But at the pub, every public school, they have the gun-free zone signs, and they have the drug and tobacco-free zone signs. <laughs> Neither of those signs work. Neither of them work. Now, I'm not saying that you should be... That those are interchangeable. I'm not saying that you should be able to just light up a stogie in the middle of ninth period English class. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's time to take a different approach. The sign is not stopping anything from coming in there. If it wouldn't stop drugs, it's pretty reasonable to say that it wouldn't stop guns. So we can either keep doing this la-la pretend land and covering our eyes and ears, you know, he see no evil, hear no evil. We can keep doing that and just keep letting these school shootings happen, or we can stop making the schools soft targets because the guns ain't going nowhere. That's out of the question. You're, you're not going to win that argument. You're not going to take people's guns. So you can either continue to let these things happen and be complacent in it, or... We can try our way. We can try what they did in Utah, where they started. They didn't require anyone to carry guns. They gave teachers the option. If you want to carry guns at school and you have a permit and you're not a convicted felon and you don't act like an idiot with it, you can carry guns at work. What? <laughs> you don't act like an idiot. I mean, we do the teacher of the year segment on this show. There's not always. We know that a lot of teachers are like the guy that, that held the fight club. In his uh, eighth grade class, the substitute teacher, we know sometimes they're not always up to the best, up to the best things, right? They're not always on the up and up. So yes, if you're going to be responsible, if you're a responsible law-abiding citizen with a permit, you can carry a gun at work if you're a teacher or a secretary or principal, whatever. And they let them do that. And guess who hasn't had a school shooting since they did that? Utah. Utah. Because it's not soft targets anymore. Think about it. What do we protect our politicians with? Armed security. What do we protect, ba uh, not banks, but like the Rochester armored trucks with? 
Armed security. What do we protect airports with? Armed security. What do we protect schools with? A sign that says, don't bring a gun in here or we'll arrest you. Maybe. If we catch you. Unless you shoot yourself first. Probably. I, I, I could be crazy. But I think that we should start protecting our children with the exact same measures we protect our politicians, our money, concerts, sporting events. Because that, that's what you'll hear is when they say, hey, let, let's arms. If you don't want to arm teachers, okay, let's compromise. This is an actual compromise. Let's put armed security guards in the school. And the left always claps back. No, that would make school like a prison. That would make school like, because it's not already, right? It's not already. You go to certain time. You, you can't leave this building. It's basically prison on work release. You're on constant 24-7 surveillance. You can't leave this building. You get a certain points at a certain time of the day. They even give you yard time at PE. It's not already like a prison. No, armed guards is what's going to make it like a prison, right? No. So we put a, what if we put armed guards in the buildings? Armed guards. We don't let teachers carry, but we put armed guards in the buildings. And the left always claps back with, well, that would make school like a prison. Because armed guards is what makes something like a prison. That's all, that's all it takes. That's weird. Because I've never heard someone... Didn't you have... Uh... We had a cop. Oh, we had okay. a cop who hid under his desk. So, which is why we should make it legal. Yes. So, uh, allegedly hid under his desk. He claims it was, uh, he heard balloons popping. This is a perfect example of why we should make it so that people can have guns. Because typically, when there's a mass shooting, the, the mass shooting gets stopped way sooner when the first responder is a citizen that was armed as opposed to police officers that take five to ten minutes to get there. Way sooner. You're going to stop it. You don't want to rely on police officers, but that's what the left wants us to do. So we're going to, for their, for sake of argument, let's forearm security guards at every school. How would that make it like a prison? If armed security guards is all it takes to make something like a prison, how? How? I've been to football games with armed security. I've been to concerts with armed security. Banks with armed security. Vegas hotels with armed security. I mean, the airports... Government buildings, the list goes on and on and on. I've never once thought, wow, I'm in a prison right now. I've never heard anyone say, I've never heard anyone accuse Taylor Swift of running a prison at the NFL stadiums because she has armed security. I've never once heard that. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard people accuse her of being a Satanist witch, but never, uh, never running, never a, a prison warden. So maybe we just try our way. There's your compromise. Or kiss my ass. We can do that too. All right. Um, okay, this is the next. We got two more two more topics, then we're getting out of here. This is, uh, okay, this is a representative from New Hampshire. Jonah Wheeler, he is a Democrat. We actually got the video. Can you pull that up for us? Jonah Wheeler, he's a Democrat. And in New Hampshire, they were trying to pass a law that would ban the sex change operations for kids. Again, clown world. How does anyone oppose this? How does anyone oppose this bill? And this Jonah Wheeler, he's a 20-year-old, super progressive liberal. And he caught a lot of flack because he voted yes on banning these operations. Okay, go ahead and play the video, and we'll get back to it in a second. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and thank you for that reminder. I rise today despite the uncomfortability of this vote because, for me, it comes down to whether or not kids should be able to get these surgeries. And despite the fact that I am a liberal, despite the fact that I believe in non-discrimination for trans people, for gay people, for queer people, and that I will fight until my very last day, until they are recognized as human beings. The question before us is whether or not children under the age of 18 should be able to get these surgeries. And I, despite being a liberal who believes in those human rights, do not think that is the case. And when the question is put before me, and I spoke to people until 11.30 last night, lobbyists, different stakeholders, people with first-hand experience, lived experience, and I've been speaking to people for the last four weeks about this bill, the, the only argument against it being that this opens the door, the amendment specifically opens the door to other bad trans bills. But folks, the slippery slope fallacy I don't think applies here. 
We're talking about whether or not kids should get these surgeries, and they should not. These are irreversible surgeries. And despite the fact that there are medical exceptions which are included in this amendment, when people have problems with their genitals that need to be addressed, that, that should be addressed. But, but when we're talking about whether or not kids should get these surgeries, I think that goes a bridge too far, and I, I, I will not be signing on to that. So I will be supporting this amendment, and I, I appreciate the work done. So this, this guy is hyper-left. Like, he's a 20-year-old Democratic representative in the New England region. This is not your, your grandpa's moderate JFK Democrats. This is not RFK, not any of these people, right? Not, not uh, John Edwards, none of them. These people are typically hard-left socialists, reparations, all, all that garbage. Even this guy is saying, hey, this is too far. You want to get that surgery as an adult? Do your thing. I'm all for it. I'll support your right. I'll support your right to have the same exact rights that I have every day of the week. But this, this kid shit, it's too weird. I'm sorry I can't do it. Even that guy's saying it, which is what – it reinforces the point I've been making since we started this show. This, this trans kids thing is not a left versus right issue. This is an issue of common, of people with common sense versus people without it. I, I disagree with probably everything else this guy believes in politically, or like 90% of it at least. And even here, we can agree, because he understands that this is not a, a partisan line issue. It's not, no matter how bad they want to make it. And I know the Democrat... What was that? What just popped up? Uh, a thumbs up. What is... <laughs> Why is OPS is like on crack right now? It did the party balloons last week. I don't know what the hell it's doing. Anyway, uh, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that saw that. But no, so this is not a partisan line issue, even though the Democrats have a purity test. They so have a purity test. So have a purity test um, on issues like abortion and the transing of the kids. And that, that's how they get their people in line. And you know what? They're a machine. They're damn good at it. So... Props to them, I guess, on producing a bunch of sheep who are incapable of, of independent thought. Good for them, I suppose. But nonetheless, this guy has stepped out of line. This will probably be, unfortunately, career-ending for Representative Wheeler. But props to him for saying, no, this is insane. I'm not putting my name by it any longer. Thank you for stepping out of line. Big shout-out to Jonah Wheeler for that. Appreciative of him. And that, that's, again, it's the gaslighting, the manipulation, the abuse. We, we constantly hear the clapback um, when you'll see these parents of the quote-unquote trans kids. You know, trans people make up less than half a percent of the population, but they just happen to have four of them in their house, right? And they, of course, adopted all of them, right? No, but uh, so these parents of the quote-unquote transgender kids will come and they'll testify with their kids sometimes uh, in front of these legislatures, and they will literally say, if you pass this bill, my kid's going to kill themselves. Again, let's go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with how abusers behave. That is textbook abuser behavior. If you don't do what I want, I'm going to kill myself. You know what I would wager to say? If you're suicidal, if a bill being passed can make you suicidal, then maybe you're not someone who's stable enough to have an opinion that we consider in the public forum. You, by all means, say what you want to, but you're crazy and we should disregard what you have to say as such the trans issue is literally the only issue we talk about where threats of suicide are seen as legitimate political discourse mia could you imagine if i went before the city council because of course they're going to jack our property taxes up again next year if i went before the city council and i said don't you dare raise my property tax and they went why what's your argument why why shouldn't we raise your property tax again like we've done the last 10 years, every single year. Why, why shouldn't we do it again? And I went, because if you do it again, I'm going to kill myself. Am I a serious person who should have his opinion considered on any other issue? Any other issue. If you go and, and your sole argument is if you pass this bill, I'm going to kill myself. You're not a serious person. That doesn't mean they want you to kill yourself. That doesn't mean we don't want you to get help. That doesn't mean we don't think that, 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 that that's a health. That doesn't mean we think that's a healthy way to go about doing things. Of course we want you to get help. Of course we don't want you to kill yourself. Of course that's not the intention of passing this bill, but that's what the abusers do. If you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. Well, I'm going to break up with you. I, and I don't want you to kill yourself. I'm going to call 911 and get you some help, 
but I'm breaking up with you because you're an abusive piece of shit. You're lazy. You can't hold the job down. You beat me up. You cheat on me. Whatever. I'm breaking up with you. Well, then that means you want me to kill myself. No. No, I'm not, bre- I'm not breaking up with you because I want you to kill yourself. I'm breaking up with you for the reasons I just listed. You're using the threat of suicide to manipulate and gaslight me. I bet our neighbors think we're having a hell of an argument right now. <laughs> that's what it is, though. It's manipulation tactics. That, that, that's all the left has left in their chamber because they know that policy-wise, they can't stack up because the, the, the wool's been taken over the eyes now. We're done. We're done. The blindfolds are off. Bird box is over. People are seeing their policies in action. And we're finally seeing them coming to fruition. You've got cities that are overrun by homeless people taking dumps in the street. Mental illness and drug abuse is at an all-time high. We're sleepwalking into three different, three different conflicts in three different parts of the world. The economy's in the toilet. The border's wide open. The wool is off the ice. People see what's going on. The cat's out of the bag. They can't stand up on policy anymore. So all they can do is stand up on gaslighting, threats, and manipulation. That's all they have. All right. All right. What do we got here? Kill your fucking selves! (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Let's end this on a happy note. Happy note. All right. So 2024 has brought us some bullshit already. It's already getting, it's already, we're already starting off with some bullshit. Check out this video. The uh, Miami, it was a mall in Miami. Supposedly, this mall in Miami was taken over by some kids who were fighting each other with sticks and fireworks. And that, I'm not saying that's not a problem that shouldn't get police response. Of course it is. But that garnered this police response. Go ahead and pull it up. And it was more than just the cops, but we'll show you this video first. Esta es una llamada a todas las unidades de la ciudad de Miami. All the way down the Esto es en Bayside ahora. Now, again, if there were kids fighting at a mall, that's almost the entire Miami police force. If there were kids fighting at a mall, then yes, absolutely, send the cops out, dispatch them. But it was the entire police force, which is why the official story here doesn't make sense. And there's some other issues we're going to get into that don't make sense either. So this is kids being punks. Absolutely. We need to go stop it. Don't let people act lawless. That's how you get San Francisco. And I think Francis Suarez has done a great job down in Miami. And that's how they've avoided a lot of these problems, even though they have similar demographics and income levels to these big cities. Francis Suarez has been no nonsense. And um, they haven't had a lot of the problems you see down there. But nonetheless, an entire police, an entire police department for kids fighting with sticks and fireworks seems a tad excessive. That's how they do it. That's how they shut it down. Yeah. Okay. But what if someone was being robbed or raped or or someone down the street? They're all focused on the kids. No, I mean, you had think back to 2020. You had mobs of people burning cities to the ground during the, 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 the summer, the quote unquote summer of love. Right. With the George Floyd stuff. You had mobs of people burning cities to the ground and they didn't get that type of police uh, of of police response. On the flip side, you had the worst terror attack in the history of this country. January 6th didn't have that type of police for or police response. And I say that tongue in cheek, obviously. How do kids fighting in a mall get that response? But it wasn't just that they cut uh, they cut power off to the mall. They shut down the police radio. It went dark. So those apps and, and scan those scanner apps that people listen in on, they couldn't hear it anymore. And then they shut down the airspace over the mall. All over kids fighting. Mind you, we're yet to see video of these kids fighting with sticks and fireworks. We're yet to see any video, any any I saw one blurry image. It looked like a Sasquatch sighting. Well, they're like, okay, here you go. We'll throw you a bone. Well, this is what some people... Oh, I, there are pe- people... Uh, Clint Russell, he's a podcaster uh, of Liberty Lockdown is his show. He tweeted that he had um, he had lost internet for over 24 hours, and he lived right up the street from there. And mind you, Miami is a tech city. They don't lose the internet in Miami. 
because that city literally does not run without it. So it's a tech hub. So this is what they're claiming. They're claiming that it was aliens. That, that, that's what TikTok conspiracy theorists are claiming. Now, for the record, I don't believe it was aliens. I think, I, I don't believe the true story. I don't believe the official story about the kids is entirely true. But I also don't believe the aliens part is true. I don't know what it is. But go ahead, check out this video of what they're claiming is supposedly the proof that there were aliens at this ball. They say this gray figure walking is the alien. Did you see? Go back to me and then, and then replay it. Uh, go back one more time. Give it a second and now go. The gray figure walking is supposedly the alien. I don't. It looks like lights reflecting. I don't see anything. Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Rumble if you saw something. I saw nothing. Did you see anything? I didn't see anything except for a street. It's crazy how <laughs> aliens have this uncanny ability, this superpower, that they can make every single camera that starts recording them revert back to 1943 <laughs> it's not even like that's like they're recording on what 10p is the quality on? i mean it's horrible it's crazy how aliens have this way that they can never ever be caught on camera not not with a clear shot at least it, it's incredible an uncanny ability we'll need to get dennis on to talk about this further i think but no so that that's actually it's a little disturbing because i don't buy the official story and then this comes a couple days after you had Brooklyn in New York, in New York City, where the entire an entire island lost population off the coast of New York after several explosions, or excuse, not population, lost power after several explosions, and they claimed it was an earthquake. It's just weird to me. It, it, it's all just weird. They're it's not aliens, but they're not telling us the whole story. And when I hear about the Obamas with that movie uh, that came. What was the Obama movie that came out on Netflix? Do you remember? I can never remember. I, I, I've tried to put as much of Obama in the past as I can. What's that movie called? Let me Google it real quick. Obama Netflix movie. It was Leave the World Behind about the cyber attack. And then I hear, I hear about this happening in New York where you've got explosions and the power goes out. And then you've got this massive police response in Miami. And then Klaus Schwab from the World, the World Economic Forum comes out and says that um, we could very well see a massive scale cyber attack in either the United States or Europe in 2024. And then you have a, for a lifetime CIA spook come on the national news and say where she expects to see a black swan event in 2024. It feels like they're gearing up for something. I don't know what. It may not be a cyber attack, but all again, one thing, one of these things on their own, not a big deal, but all of these things together, it just feels like something weird is coming. I don't know what it is. It could be a war. It could be a cyber attack. It could be a, a new virus. I don't know what it is, but it feels like they're gearing up, and these are a couple test runs for them to make something real, real stupid happen. Do you have closing comments you want to make? I just want everything to be okay. Me too. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Well, that's why we're here on this show, is to only report positive news. <laughs> and all the good things that are happening in the world. <laughs> that's all we got. Follow my socials. They're right there. Caleb isn't funny on X and Instagram. We're going to stop calling it Twitter. we got to start calling it by its preferred pronouns. Stop dead naming X. X is X. It's not Twitter. You bigots. Uh, follow the socials. Caleb is it funny on X and Instagram. Caleb Salvatore Comedy on TikTok. Caleb Salvatore on YouTube and Rumble. CalebSalvatore.com for all your merch and booking needs or CalebSalvatoreComedy.com. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tactilian. Head on over. They're right down below in the ticker. T-A-C-T-I-L-I-A-N.com. Promo code BASED for 15% off of your order. Pro USA patriotic gear for you, for your car, for your house, you name it. Again, Tactilian.com. T-A-C-T-I-L-I-A-N.com, promo code BASED, B-A-S-E-D, for 15% off your order. Like the title of the show at the checkout. 
All the links are in the show notes. We will see you guys on Saturday with stand-up comedian Spencer Gordman making his second appearance on the show. We are so excited. Hope you guys like if you're following along on Rumble because you're not gay. We hope you liked the new backdrop, all the new features. We wanted a, we want a more professional setting. And we started slowly implementing them um, heading into 2023 toward the end of the year. And we're slowly implementing them throughout this year. We'll have more. I mean, this it, this whole thing is it's going to take some money. It's going to take some time investments. But ideally, the full video presentation and our full image for the show should should be where it's at by summer. That That's the goal right now. It's just it's there's unfortunately some things that are out of my control that we need to get taken care of first. But yeah, so by summer. We're going to be firing on all cylinders in this show. Um, I'm not like a resolutioner. There's legitimate reasons I can't. I'm not just saying, yeah, I'm going to put this arbitrary date and I'm going to do all this on that day. No, we, we're slowly implementing everything, bringing it along slowly. Um, so that way it'll be as good of a show. Because we, we still want to have a good show. Because with new stuff, if we, t- if we bring too much new stuff on too quickly, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be issues. There's going to be glitches. I don't want that. I want to still put a good show on while adding new stuff to make it better and to help it grow. If that makes sense, cool. Follow me on all the socials. Subscribe on Rumble and YouTube. Share the show around to your friends because that's how we grow organically. Share around. All of you, homework project right now. Chain mail. Send this show through text message or email to 10 of your friends and tell them if they don't send it to 10 of their friends that they're going to have bad romance luck for the next year. They're going to, they're going to die single, whatever. 2024 is going to be a disaster for them romantically. Um, or they'll die. Or that a ghost will come to their bedroom and kill them in the middle of the night. That's what I should start doing. I should be like, I died on, on July 6th, 1997. And if you don't share this show around to 10 of your closest friends, you will wake up at 3.33 a.m. to me standing over your bed with a knife, and I'll slit your throat and take your soul down to the underworld. Ah! Maybe that's what we'll do for the Halloween episode. Anyway, that has been our show. Thank you guys so much. We will see you on Saturday. Cheat on your taxes, not your spouse. And as always, stay based.